Well, would you take your Bibles? Turn with me to the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible. And we're turning to the second chapter as we are, as we began last Sunday, uh, beginning a series of messages of the book of Genesis, the foundations of our faith. And certainly we see the many of the first in throughout the book of Genesis. And today we're talking about the very first marriage, the very first wedding. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's holy word? And we'll read to the remainder of the chapter. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. I want you to stop there for a moment. Notice for the very first time that God said throughout his creation, it is not good. Throughout his creation, every time he would create something, he would say, this is good. And especially when it came to humanity in creating Adam, he would say, this is very good. But now he comes with a negative thought, this is not good. So let's see what God does about it. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made it into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. So shall be called woman. But she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Father, how grateful and we're thankful for the way that you realize the needs of man. And there, putting man asleep, taking the rib of the man closest to his heart, and formed a woman, and to make him made her a helper, a helpmate, a wife. Lord, we are in a terrible, terrible fix in our world today when it comes to marriages. 
It seems like everywhere we turn, there is chaos and crisis. And there is confusion. And it seems like, dear Lord, that there's everything from a breakup to a shakeup in the home. Oh, dear Lord, speak to us today. Give us the reality of what the home is supposed to look like. Help us to understand our responsibilities as a husband and as a, as a wife. Oh, dear Father, may the Holy Spirit of God fill us with your spirit and anoint us with your power. And may Christ be exalted is our prayer today. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Hardly a week goes by that I don't hear about a chaos or confusion or breakup in a home. Some in the church and some out of the church. And oh, how it discourages the spirit with that is within me when I hear of the breakups and the trials and the tribulations that is going on within our homes today. Heard about a couple one time. They lived out west. And uh, I believe it was in Oklahoma. And a tornado came through one night. And literally pulled back the roof from that house and snatched that bed that that husband and wife was laying in and blew it out all probably several hundreds of feet away. Well, the wife just began to cry uh, just beyond control. And the husband says, honey, it's okay. Everything's all right. We're fine. We're all right. She said, you don't have to be afraid. She said, oh, I'm not afraid. I'm not crying because I'm afraid. I'm crying because I'm happy. He said, happy? He said, yes. Did you realize this is the first time we've been out together in six months? (laughs) Well, my friend, I want you to understand. That's the way a lot of couples feel today. Here, as we began to study this passage of Scripture, so discouraging to think that at least 40% of first-time marriages ends in a divorce. And I think about those 40%. Well, what about the 60%? What about those that are still married? I wonder how many of those that are in warfare with one another. And how many of those that feel like that they are literally entrapped why the home is disintegrating right before our very eyes. Did you realize 41% of all births today are coming from unwed mothers? 41%. We wonder what's happening in our cities like Charlotte and and Tulsa and, and other places around our nation where there is such... Turmoil. 
I wonder how many of those people there that are coming from a home where there was a dad and a mother to guide them and to train them. Sadly to say, probably very few of them. Very few coming from the home. And so they have not had any guidance, any instruction. But you think about 41% of babies are now born out of wedlock. Wives, do you ever feel like, think about this for a moment, that you dated Dr. Jekyll and you ended up marrying Mr. Hyde? Husbands, have you ever felt like you went to bed with Sleeping Beauty and you woke up with the Wicked Witch of the West? (laughs) It seems like you don't get what you were expecting sometimes. And there it creates a tremendous turmoil among the household. I'm reminded of what one wife said on a particular explosion of a, of a heated discussion, she said, if you really loved me, you would have married somebody else. <laughs> That's probably true. There's an old ancient wise tale talking about tying the knot. In ancient customs, they tell us that uh, many years ago that that literally what would happen. That the husband and wife, that they were literally tied together at wrist. And that not would be there until that marriage was consummated. Well, I believe with all my heart that God wants to tie the knot in marriages today. And I believe that God has laid it so well and described it so beautiful found in Genesis chapter 2 of how if we will allow God to tie the knot between the husband and the wife that they will have a successful marriage. I think it's interesting. You go two chapters in the Bible. Only two chapters. And you find that God in His infinite wisdom, He realizes that in order for there to be a foundation in this world, there needs to be a marriage. A husband and a wife. And that the marriage in itself becomes the foundation of Our world today. It's the foundation of the home. It's the foundation of the church. It's the foundation of our nation. And as we've said so many times, as the home goes, so does the church. So goes the community. So goes the country. And so when the home disintegrates, everything else disintegrates right before our very eyes. So, the very first marriage 
that God instituted here happens to be a model. A model that you and I are able to look at and to be guided by. Now I want you to be reminded that Adam didn't think up up the marriage. It was not Adam's idea that he would have a wife. It was God's idea. And so therefore, God realized what man needed. And so therefore, it should not surprise you or me that there is an attack on the home. And so Satan with all of his power and with all of his vengeance is coming and attacking the home. I find it interesting. Satan never bothered Adam until Eve came. And it was not her fault. But it was at that moment that Satan began to aim his heaviest artillery upon that foundation. And that's exactly what's happening today. Is that Satan is aiming his heaviest artillery upon the home. So therefore it should not surprise us. If I was Satan and I knew that the home and the marriage was the foundation of this universe, why wouldn't I attack it? And by that attack, he attacks the man, and he attacks the wife, and he attacks the children. And so therefore, we're finding it so well here today. Because whoever controls the family, controls the future. It's that simple. And that plain. God wants to tie the knot in our marriages. How will he do that? Well, there's three suggestions that I want to pull out of this passage of Scripture here today. I'd encourage you to take notes. We're going to talk about it and discuss it again tonight in our Bible studies. But how in the world is God going to tie the knot in the marriage so that it will be secure, so that it will be safe, and so that it will be successful. Three things. First of all, look with me in verse 18. And this is my first suggestion. As I look at this scripture, God wants to bring us together spiritually. That's the very first requirement. That He brings us together spiritually. Up until this point, everything that God had created was either good or very good. And now, once again, we look at this for the very first time. The Bible says, this is not good. Now, that does not mean that it's imperfect. But it literally means that it was incomplete. That's what God was saying when he looked at man and he said that this is not good for man to be alone. Now in essence, he was not alone. There were the birds of the air, fish of the sea, the beast of the field. 
But what God will say, it's not good for man to be along from other humans, other beings. It's not good for man to be alone. Now, before I go any further, I want to emphasize something very, very much right now. There's nothing wrong being single. In fact, I'll go a step further. Uh, Two of the greatest men who ever lived, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul, were single. They never married. So, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. For some people, it's God's will for them to be single. And He has never given them the desire of being married. Are never an opportunity for them to be married. So there's nothing wrong with that. But here in this passage of Scripture, God created man with two voids. A void that only God Himself could meet and also a female could meet. And so therefore, as you begin to look at this passage of Scripture, the Bible says that I will make him a helper comparable for him. The word helper. Underline that word for a moment. The word helper. Now, I don't want you to think for one moment that God was degrading the woman. It's not meaning that she was just some assistant. But literally, the idea of it is is that she is supplying something that otherwise he would go lacking. Like throughout the Bible, we're reminded that the Bible talks about God is our helper. And certainly that does not degrade God, but it's reminding us that God is is supplying something in our life that would go unmet unless He would come and help us in that very moment. And that's exactly what He's talking about here today as He is talking to the wife and talking to the husband that she is to be that one that is to help supply and meet a need in the life. Well, I'll give you an example. The Bible says that Adam is to multiply. How in the world can he multiply without Eve? The Bible says she, he is to be to replenish the earth and that their fruit may multiply. Cannot do it without the help of Eve. And there she comes along the side of him to for help to fulfill and to make him everything that God would have him to be. Look what the Bible says in verse 21 and verse 22. This is something I want you to get. Don't overlook this. Who was the first love of Adam? It was not Eve. It was God. Very important. It says, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up his flesh. 
Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and he brought her to a man. Look what happened. From the beginning to the end, this wedding was not primarily about a man and a woman. It's primarily about God. See, that's where we we get mixed up about a marriage today. We think that it's only about a man and a woman. But my friend, I want you to understand what God intends is that it must be understood it's primarily about God. I mean, you stop and you think about it. Who planned the wedding? God did. Who uh, provided the husband? God did. Who gave away the bride? God did. Who performed the wedding ceremony? God did. And so therefore, my friend, I want to remind you today that this wedding was primarily about God. Any couple comes together today, they must begin to understand that the most important relationship that they have is not with each other, but their relationship is with God. When you get your relationship proper with God, then your relationship will be proper with your mate. That is the problem we have today. The problem is selfishness. The problem is that we've got all of our priorities out of place. And so therefore, we're reminded here. And Jesus draws the conclusion here. And I don't understand why this world cannot understand this. That he first of all talks about that it is a monogamous type of relationship. One man and one woman. It didn't say that God was going to give him many helpers, but one. And also, not only a monogamous relationship, but a heterosexual relationship. God didn't give Adam Steve, He gave Adam Eve. And I don't understand where this world is at today. That they have taken what God has ordained and has literally, literally brought abomination against it. No wonder the world is in the mess and the shape she's in today. Is that we simply have gotten the home, the marriage all out of counter. So number one, God wants To bring us together spiritually. A foundation of every marriage. Is that a man has a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That he knows him personally. And that Christ is his Lord. And that Christ is his Savior. And that he has allowed his life to be prepared for that moment Till that time that God brings that man to come to know a woman who has done likewise. That that woman has 
allowed her life to let Christ be Lord of her life. Therefore, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, reminds us of something that God does not want. Where he says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? So he's saying, number one, that if you want to have a successful marriage, a happy marriage, make sure that both are believers. But secondly, let's go a step further. Not only that, God brings us together spiritually. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, who lives and dwells within us, brings us together. You think about that spiritually. That the Bible has reminded us that the husband is to love his wife as his own self. How is he able to do that except the help of the Holy Spirit? The wife is to be submissive unto her husband as unto the Lord. How is she able to do that except with the help of the Holy Spirit? Look at verse 24. Second thing I want you to understand, God wants to build us together emotionally. Not only to bring us together spiritually, but also to Build us together emotionally. Look what the Bible says in verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother. The wedding is over. God is giving some last instructions here. And he is saying now that the man is to leave his father and mother. That word leave is an interesting word. It's the word that we get abandoned from. In other words, to abandon ship. He is to leave. He is to abandon that home relationship with the father and mother. And there she comes and that the marriage is that they join together in a new ship, which is called marriage. Primarily relationship in the family is always the husband and the wife. It's not the children and the wife. It's not the wife and the children or the husband and the children but my friend the primary relationship of that marriage is the husband and the wife and until you understand that you'll never understand the proper role of a parent and the proper the proper role of guiding and directing those children now Don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say here. That is not to say that we are not to respect, we're not to love, we're not to certainly take care of our parents in a time of need, but he's primarily talking about allegiance. 
That's what he's talking about here. That your allegiance is not to your parents any longer, but now your allegiance is to your mate, to your husband, or to your wife. Now, look what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 22 again. It says, The rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made it into a woman. That's an interesting word, made. It's an architectural term. It literally means to build. It is the picture of a potter, of building and molding and making something beautiful. See, anybody can build a house, but not just anybody can build a home. That's why the Bible says in Psalms 127 verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, their labor is in vain who build it. Unless the Lord builds. And so that's what he's talking about here. God wants to customize your home. And he has two raw materials, and that is the husband and the wife. And he takes those two materials together. And there he customizes it. And he forms it and he makes it. So, not only the word allegiance do you need to remember, but also the word permanence you need to remember. Because you stop and you think about it. He talks about here in this passage of Scripture, that where he made a woman, and shall therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. And therefore, we begin to understand that he is to hold fast his wife. In other words, hold her for dear life. The word cement is the idea to glue together. That's what God has intended for the marriage to be. Is that you're to be hold fast. And that you're glued together. That's why the Bible talks about that two shall become one. That's why divorce is so terrible. Because simply it's a picture of somebody taking a body and tying wild horses to its limbs. And those horses goes its separate ways in four different directions and literally tears that body to shreds. The pain. And that's what divorce brings about in the lives of people. And that's what God is saying. Look at the picture. God is saying, take note. Hold on for dear life. It's a process that holding on that brings about perseverance. That brings about trust. That brings about love and commitment. Holding on in the good times as well as in the bad times. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. Everybody is going to be faced with trials and troubles.
So two things we've talked about here today. First of all, God brings together. He brings us together spiritually. Second of all, God wants to build us emotionally. And then thirdly, God binds us together physically. I can almost imagine when Adam looked at Eve, he said, wow. Emotionally, he was attracted to her. See, he loved creation, but he did not fall in love with creation. He fell in love with his wife. No wonder he named her woman. Wow, man, woman. I mean, you say, now, is that uh, theologically correct? I don't think so. But anyway, it sounded good. Woman. Wow. And God comes and he brings them together. Do you see this divine process? It's amazing. They tell us today that when a man up in years, that when he opens the door for his wife, it means one of two things. He's either got a new wife or he's got a new automobile. One of the two things. Heard about this time, this couple, this lady was uh, looking out her kitchen window and she was noticing this young couple as they would leave every morning. And as the husband would leave, he would plant a big old kiss right on her lips. And she thought, oh, I wish my husband would do that. So he came in one day and he said, now just look at that. Just look out for that. See that? Why don't you do that? He said, I would, but I hardly know the woman. (laughs) There's something about emotionally attached. Something about when you see and lay your eyes upon that woman for the first time. I remember when Brenda and I met. Her dad was coming in view of a call to be our pastor. That didn't really uh, excite me that much until I found out he had three daughters. And then I found out that his oldest daughter was a blonde. I remember the first day I saw her. And it was wild. And I have been wild about her ever since. I am so grateful for my wife. And for the emotional attachment. The physical attachment. See, here's the picture. Think about it for a moment. God begins to bring you together spiritually. Emotionally, He then begins to attract you. Here's a young man over here. He loves God with all of his heart. And he has saved himself. 
for that moment. That God would bring him to that relationship with another woman. Here's a woman over here. She loves God. Christ is first in her life. And she longs for the day that she might get married. And God, in His unique way... Now notice this. Notice what the Bible says. That God brought Eve to Him. My friend, it was God doing the bringing. And God brings this two together. Loving God. Emotionally attachment with each other. Excitement. And then they come to a holy ceremony where God brings them together as a man and a wife together. And then they go and they consummate that marriage. And the Bible says, then they become one. Become one. That picture signifying that there are one body, one mind, one soul together, knit together, that nothing can separate it. But you know what? Sadly to say, our society's got it backwards. Today, the philosophy is to hook up Shack up and break up. Our philosophy today is, why? Go ahead and live with that woman or that man. Check out whether you want to marry them or not. Got everything reversed. And they wonder why they cannot be satisfied. And they wonder why they cannot have the happiness and the joy. Now think about it for a moment. That oneness. This is a beautiful replica of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're three, but they are one. You think about the marriage. The husband, the wife... And God. A triune relationship. And that triune relationship, they are three, but they are one together. A lot of times when I have, I'm talking with a couple that's going through a crisis, I will use a triangle. And I will say that let's put God at the top of that triangle. And put man on one side and woman on the other. There's your triune relationship. And then I've noticed that the closer that man gets to God, the closer he gets to his wife. The closer that wife gets to God, the closer she gets to man. But all the opposite of that, 
the further that that man drives away from the presence and the fellowship of a holy God, the further he gets away from the relationship with that wife. And look at the area in between of where Satan can attack and where Satan can divide and Satan can destroy. But oh, you put that triune together. God in the center. Man and woman together. Bound together. And the Bible talks about I believe it, even the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. That's how secure a true Christian marriage is all about. You may be here today and you say, boy, pastor, I wish my marriage was that way. You don't understand my husband. You don't understand my wife. You don't understand all the turmoil that we're experiencing. I probably do not. But I truly believe this. That God's way is the correct way. And that God's way will always, will always, will cure the problem. You bring yourself under the admonition of the authority of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You bring yourself under His authority and focus your relationship upon Him And it will be amazing what God can do with you and your mate in the results of it all. Oh, my friend, I want you to understand we're at a crisis. And just because we're Christians today in the church does not mean we're immune. Satan is aiming his biggest guns at you. You need to get ready. And the best thing you can do is to allow God to bring you together spiritually. It's to allow God to build you together emotionally. Falling in love with that person over and over and over again. I believe once you love the Lord the way you love the way the Lord wants you to love Him, there will be such a love for your mate that you never realize that you had. And that He will bind you together physically. Lord Jesus, thank You so much for Your precious Word and for the way that You have given us the proper picture of a husband and wife relationship. And Lord, when we find that we're in turmoil 
and confusion. It's not because of you, but it's because many times we have not done what you've asked us to do. So today, there might be a clear investigation of each and every one's life here today. If I'm going to be the head of the household, am I a spiritual leader? Do I allow God to be the Lord of my life? If I'm going to lead my wife and my children, I must be led by the Father. If I'm going to be submissive to my husband and be that helpmate to fulfill the needs that he has, I must place myself in a proper relationship with you, Lord. That we might be bound together in holy matrimony. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us and blessing us with your word. In Jesus we pray. Amen.